When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is June 2nd, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and it's June. Can you believe it's June? I feel like we just, I feel like it's March. I feel like once the pandemic hit, time just stopped and now we're all in, we're all of a sudden in June and it's beautiful out and it's just crazy that it's, it's already the sixth month of the year. It just, it's, it's flown by. Um, so this episode, as you can tell by the title, Johnny Beecher interview, uh, he was the guy I hinted at last week for a potential big, uh, guest this week. Uh, really interesting guy, obviously first round pick in 2019, uh, by the Bruins. So last year, this time last year was picked by the Bruins. Um, Really fast, outstanding year at Michigan this year. A lot of potential uh, and a great interview I had uh, with him. Uh, Before I get into that, though, there are a few things I'd like to sort of discuss. Um, Number one, I want to talk about what's been happening. Obviously, the number one story this past week uh, with George Floyd's uh, murder at the hands uh, of those four police officers uh, and sort of the the what's ensued from it. Uh, I feel like we can't not talk about it. I would feel so weird just talking about the Bruins and not at least discussing that uh, at some length. Obviously uh, Floyd's death was horrible, disgusting. And obviously Floyd should still be alive. I mean, it was just horrendous um, what happened. Uh, that stupid cop. I don't even want to say his name. Uh, just ho- absolutely awful. Um, and it's funny when you, when you know, I'm a white guy from a middle class family. Uh, you know, I, I grew up privileged. Uh, it's hard for me to sit here and, and talk at length about this stuff because I don't know how um, people of color feel. Uh, I, I, I don't, I've never felt that. Um, and, you know, I think in these times, for someone like me, the most important thing is to listen. And I think that's the most important thing everyone can do is listen to the, to, to, to people speak and listen to them, uh, you know, tell their stories and tell you how they feel and understand them. I mean, I think that's the most important thing that we can do right now as a society, no matter what color you are, um, is listen. Just listen to what people have to say. I mean, there was a guy, Killer Mike, uh, down in Atlanta who gave a great speech. I think it was Saturday night. He gave an awesome eight-minute speech. It's been shared around. I retweeted it. I mean, really great message. Um, and it's, it's perspective. That's really, I think, what's so important. Um, and then the other thing I would say is to add to the conversation, uh, is vote, vote, voting is your right vote. And especially for local officials, 
Like if you really want to change the system and really want to make an impact, look up local officials, look at their backgrounds, look into them, study up on them, pick your candidates, pick people who you think will make a difference. State reps, you know, attorney general, people at the local level, they're the ones who make the impact. Obviously there's a presidential election that everyone cares about, but people need to care more about local stuff. And I think, I hope this kind of gets people to care about local things because that's, what's going to end up changing the system. Um, and I think that's the, one of the most important things. The peaceful protests are great, uh, but we, it seems like we always have them. And I think vote, you know, really getting people out to the polls is what I think will make a legitimate difference. Also, the peaceful protests are great. I think most people sort of think that, and I agree, that the looting and, you know, you know, ruining some of these businesses is not the way to go, uh, unfortunately. And um, to see Boston sort of on fire, as many people were saying on Sunday night was really tough to see. And it's tough because it hurts the message of the protest that happened all day. It was so peaceful all day. There were incredible images. There were, you know, thousands of people, you know, uh, to honor George Floyd and to raise awareness and to, to fight back against the system. And then to have that happen at night, is just not what you want to see um, at all. So that's what I have to say about that. Um, I, I couldn't not address it. You know, obviously you guys don't follow me for my opinions on social issues. Um, but it's too big to not talk about. And I felt like telling you to listen and vote is maybe a little bit different than what most people are saying. Um, it's something that I think everybody can do. Uh, and I think that's a very good thing. Second topic I want to hit on, because again, there isn't a guest on this show. So, and obviously we had some NHL news uh, last week. I, I want to talk about it just quickly because uh, I already wrote a column on it. it was the new uh, NHL 24 team plan for the return to play format uh, came out last week. Uh, was unveiled. Basically the playoffs, you guys probably have already seen it. Uh, the Bruins will play in the round robin before, uh, or round robin as the other teams do their play-in games. Um, so obviously the big thing that Bruins fans, a lot of Bruins people have raised, Cam Neely kind of touched on it, was they could potentially lose number one seed, uh, depending on how they do in those round robin games against the other top three teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you have Tampa, Philly, Washington, um, and my whole take on this has been, you can't really complain about it. You can't complain about it. Now, number one, you had to make sacrifices to come back. If you want hockey back, you had to make sacrifices. And if you're going to, you know, if you're going to pitch a snake about it, how about you just don't have a season? Like this, to me, I can't think of a better uh, option for a season to come back than this. Now you could have maybe done it without Chicago and Montreal. Maybe you could have chopped the teams down a little bit more, but I get why they wanted to have Montreal and Chicago. I also think it makes it a little bit more interesting from a product perspective. I know Montreal has no reason to be there and neither does Chicago, but there's the potential a team like Chicago could go on a run. I mean, imagine they, they, they really knock off some top teams. Um, but number one, hockey's back. So don't complain. Second off, don't complain because look at last year. Remember how easy that road was or relatively easy speaking? You know, you had, you had Toronto in the first round, then you had Columbus and you had Carolina. And even at the time, the St. Louis Blues were not who they are now. They were, they're, they were a good team, but they weren't thought to be what they have become. You know, they weren't the number one team in the West. As I wrote, they were that team that was in the last place on January 1st. So don't complain about this. You had your easy road last year. This will be much harder. And I also think, and I'm just basically repeating my column at this point. It's up on CLSmedia.com. Um, but doesn't it make it all that much sweeter? If the Bruins did win the cup this year, 
overcoming that amount of time off, halting all the momentum, coming back, winning those round robin games, uh, gaining, you know, keeping the number one seed, rolling through the playoffs, winning the cup. I mean, to me, that would be a lot more sweeter. Um, than if they, you know, pampered the Bruins during this whole process, even though, I mean, I guess you could make a case that they deserve to, but still don't complain about it. Also, um, I don't know exactly how they're going to calculate the, the seeds after the round robin. Like, you know, if you go three and against Philly, but own three against, or not three and if you go like one and two and another team goes two and one, but they're a lower seed, like how do they all figure that out? I imagine they would somehow mesh the regular season success with the round robin success and kind of calculate it based on that. There hasn't really been a set plan. I don't think for that uh, sort of like, they don't really know how, if they're going to do a seed, if they're going to keep the seeds or uh, do a bracket um, for the teams that are doing the playing game. So it's all kind of up in the air, but again, be happy that hockey is back. That is the number one thing. Be happy. It's back. Obviously this podcast and sealonthismedia.com and me specifically We'll have you completely covered um, for the rest of the postseason for previews, you know, in future episodes, that's what's going to be dedicated to is all talking about uh, the playoff preview and sort of what the Bruins need to do and all that fun stuff, all those fun topics. Now we get to get off those hypotheticals. We don't have to talk about, uh, we can, we can save the whole where does Tori Krug sign uh, for now. It'll be probably September. Um, Cause I think they'll, they'll obviously move back the July 1st. Um, the July 1st UFA day. Uh, before we get into the, to- uh, the talk with Johnny Beecher, uh, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on, and you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack as they are bringing the Vegas experience to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online still has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. If you're into entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even different hot dog eating contests, uh, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus. Uh, bet online at your online wagering solution. Also, um, the, uh, also, by the way, that's with promo code CLNS50. So go to the website and use the promo code CLNS50. Um, so the other thing is with bet online, they have the updated playoff odds for the NHL. And right now the Bruins and the Lightning are still favored as the teams to come out of the East and the teams to win the cup. So that'll be a very big matchup if they end up playing a little preview that'll happen in the round Robin. Uh, but again, get on that early promo code CLNS 50 before we get into the Johnny Beecher interview. I also have a message from Cedric Maxwell regarding awaken 180 weight loss, which not a bad time to get into it. Uh, and then we get into the Johnny Beecher interview, which I think is tremendous. And I hope you guys Really enjoy it. As you know by now, I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health by starting Awaken 180 Weight Loss. I've already dropped about 18 pounds, and I'm not the only one. Kendrick Perkins is down about 30 pounds. And we're just two of 11,000 who found the solution for weight loss. No gym, no medication, no tricks, or gimmicks. Awaken 180, a combination of science, nutrition, and expert one-on-one coaching. 
if you have weight to lose, I recommend you call Paige and her team. You'll lose weight starting the first week and each and every week until you get to your ideal weight. Awaken 186 locations. But during this lockdown, they're starting client virtual. The same program from the comforts of your home. Simply log into awaken180weightloss.com. Fill out the form online and start your weight loss transformation. Awaken 180 Weight Loss, the official weight loss program for the Boston Red Sox. And we're here with Johnny Beecher. Johnny, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So obviously the question that uh, – well, first of all, where are you right now? I'm back home. Uh, I'm right now in New York. Um, so, I mean, even though this whole pandemic thing, you know, kind of ruined a lot of plans, you know, it's not too bad with me just, you know, spending some time at home with my family, which I haven't been able to do in a couple of years. So it's been nice. Yeah. So what have sort of been some of the things you've, I guess, done uh, with this kind of pandemic hitting? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously I had to, you know, leave Ann Arbor. And uh, like I said, I relocated back home. And um, I'm actually uh, taking a summer course right now, uh, trying to get through econ. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't been the best thing in the world, but, uh, you know, we're getting through it. And then, um, you know, just staying busy, you know, working out probably six times a week. I'm trying to find ice here and there wherever it's available and, uh, you know, just been, you know, playing a lot of golf, you know, street hockey and a couple of things with my buddies, you know, just to to keep myself occupied throughout the day and, you know, help the weeks go by a little bit faster. Yeah, it's funny. Street hockey's been big with my friends too. I feel like it's like we're little kids again, you know, playing video games late at night, uh, during the day, just playing a ton of street hockey and different games outside because, I mean, people don't really want to be inside together because of the coronavirus. Uh, By the way, what's your major? Uh, I'm going to go into uh, sport management. Oh, nice, nice. So yeah, the econ class uh, makes sense. How was your freshman year? Uh, it was great. You know, I think I, uh, you know, it was everything I expected. I mean, the University of Michigan, Michigan is, uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, everything, you know, from the hockey to the academics to the social life. I mean, it's everything I could have, you know, wished it could be. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to get back this fall, hopefully. When you were there in the, starting in the fall, did you guys go to a lot of the football games? You know, is there a lot of cross sport, um, you know, sort of support, I guess? Um, yeah, no, we, uh, we would go to as many games as we could. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, with our season starting up around then, you know, it's kind of tough, but, um, with the beginning of their year, you know, we were able to get to maybe three or four games. So, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. You know, I mean, you go into the big house and, I mean, yeah, you see just really how big it is and, you know, to, to pack 110,000 people inside there, it's pretty special to be a part of. So we, uh, we had a lot of fun. You should hope that somehow they have a winter classic there, uh, during your time so you can play outdoors at that place. I mean, that has to be just crazy, uh, to play in front of. Um, just back to the quarantine thing real quick. Have you picked up any cool hobbies, any new Netflix shows you're watching, fun stuff like that, uh, done during quarantine for you? Um, you know, I don't know if I've picked up many new hobbies. I mean, like I said, I've been golfing a bunch. 
Um, I have been watching a good amount of Netflix. I watched, you know, the Outer Banks show. Ooh. Um, just been, you know, flipping through some random shows here and there. Um, but yeah, I mean, just kind of trying to keep busy. You know, like I said, I've been, you know, working out a ton. So, um, you usually work out, you know, at least once a day. You know, sometimes you get a run in the morning and then work out later in the afternoon. So, I mean, and then, you know, just kind of, I think the nicest thing is just laying low at home with, with my family. Um, you know, I've been able to spend a lot of time with my mom, uh, you know, throughout the day and we haven't been able to do that in a couple of years. So it's been a lot, a lot of fun for us. So you mentioned the ice rink thing. Have you been able, has, has there been a lot of accessible ice rinks, uh, in Elmira right now or no? Um, you know, not a ton. Um, you know, just with everything that's going on. And I think a lot of the, you know, rinks are, you know, kind of taking the time to renovate and, you know, make any changes that they need to make right now. So, um, you know, I haven't been you know, able to get out a ton, but uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, you know, things will start opening up and I'll be able to get back out in the ice. Yeah, that would be uh, helpful for a lot of people for the ice to open back up. But, but I feel like I feel like things are getting a little more lax now. We're heading towards it at least. I feel like a month ago we were all kind of like, damn, this might, <laughs> I don't know when the heck this is going to end, but now it feels like at least there might be an end in sight. So let's go back into your freshman year a little bit uh, on the ice. Uh, nine goals, seven assists, 16 points at a great freshman year. How did you feel your freshman year go? You know, how was sort of that transition to college hockey? Um, you know, I think it, it went well. You know, I think the transition wasn't really, you know, too hard for me. You know, just coming from the development program and, you know, the team that we had there. Um, I mean, obviously we played, I think, around 12, you know, Division One games our U18 season. And, you know, you kind of got a taste of, you know, what that kind of hockey was going to be like. So, you know, it wasn't really like I was just kind of going into a blind. Um, I mean, you kind of knew what to expect. And, um, you know, I think our our senior class this year really kind of helped us freshmen, you know, kind of develop and, and get used to everything. I mean, they were a, a bunch of just unbelievable guys, you know, just kind of took us under their wing and, you know, kind of taught us the ropes through everything. So, uh, I mean, they really helped us out a lot there. And, um, you know, I think throughout the course of the season, you know, I think my game really started to develop and, um, you know, I think by the end of the season, you know, I was playing some of the best hockey I ever have. And, you know, I had, you know, full confidence and, um, you know, our team was rolling there for a while. So, uh, unfortunately, we got cut short because, you know, I think we were, you know, on the path of doing something pretty special. So, uh, I mean, I guess it uh, it is what it is at the end of the day as, you know, everybody went, had to go through it. But, uh, I mean, like I said, it was definitely unfortunate. It is very interesting to see for a lot of freshmen, they come in. Um, and that, you know, at the start, it might be a little tough, but as time goes on, it feels like the, the comfort level gets a little bit more. Was there any part of the college game uh, of hockey that was different that maybe surprised you in any way, or was it all kind of just hockey in general? Um, I think one of the biggest things, you know, that um, I kind of noticed was um, in the faceoff circle, um, obviously, you know, being a centerman and you know, being as big as I am, you know, I take a lot of pride in, you know, winning face-offs. And um, I started off the year, you know, pretty good. And um, I think I was around like 65 to 70%. And, uh, you know, I was confident. And um, next thing I know, I, I had gone over to World Juniors and didn't take too many draws over there. I was, I was playing wing. And, um, you know, I got back and I just, you know, lost my touch a little bit. And, um, you know, I mean, my percentage just started to drop. And uh, I thought that was, you know, pretty crazy. You know, I mean, back in the ushl you know playing those games when we were at the development program i mean you could kind of go in and um you know scrape back maybe you know 60 65 percent on a bad night and you know then you come into college and you're you're going across guys that are you know a lot bigger and you know just as strong if not stronger than you so uh, i mean you got to be ready to go every night and uh, i mean it's definitely a battle 
when it comes to faceoffs, I've always wondered this because I, when I grew up, I was never a center. Um, what, you know, what is the key for you to winning a draw? Because it is so important, um, and it's such. A, I feel like it's an overlooked part of the game for a lot of people watching. But like, how, what is it to you? Uh, in a like, how do you win a faceoff? What's your like go to play? I guess. Uh, so for me, I, I focus on all my details. So, uh, I have a little, you know, like stick, you know, when I come in, I, you know, twirl my stick in my hand and head off the ice. And then when I get it back up to my hands, um, I'm in my position, you know, I'm got my knees bent, you know, I'm sliding into the circle on my edges. Um, I like to put my hands pretty low on my stick. Um, just give me a little bit more leverage. Um, and then I guess it's pretty much just timing. I mean, you can do, you know, a little bit of research and, you know, kind of try to figure out what your opponent's going to be doing in the circle. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it all comes down to, you know, keeping your eye on the puck and getting your time, timing down right with the refs and, and how fast they're going to drop it. And, um, you know, just trying to get under their stick as, as quickly as possible and, you know, trying to rake it back to where you want it. So you, you know, you, you grew up in Elmira, correct? Yep. How did you end up getting into hockey? Uh, so my brother actually, he, uh, he was the one that got me started. He, he started playing when he was probably around two years old. Um, and then I just kind of followed in his footsteps. I mean, when I was, you know, a young kid, I was never really too big on playing, but you know, I loved the sport still. Uh, I mean, everything we would do growing up included knee hockey and street hockey. I mean, that was pretty much, you know, all we'd ever do. And, um, you know, traveling around the state and, watching him play and, and do his thing. I mean, it just kind of was inevitable that, you know, I kind of followed him. And uh, I think I was around six years old when I finally, you know, realized that I could stand up on the ice and, and actually skate. So, uh, I mean, it wasn't the prettiest thing at first. But, uh, I mean, once I kind of got it down, I, I fell in love and uh, haven't looked back since. So. Did you did you play any, anything else when you were a kid? I did, yeah. I, I Pretty much tried all sports. And I was uh, I was actually pretty big into uh, soccer. I played soccer up until I was probably my sophomore year of high school uh, when I went to Salisbury. They uh, started to overlap a little bit with hockey, so I had to stop. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty big into other sports growing up. So, so when did you feel? When does that moment come where you're like, okay, I think I can do something with hockey. I think this can become more than just kind of a hobby for me. I can really make this like my life. Uh, I think for me, um, you know, kind of when it started to stand out that, you know, I may be able to do something with the sport was probably when I left, um, the Elmira Jackals youth program, uh, I went up to the Syracuse, Syracuse Nationals. Um, it was my first time ever playing AAA. I was probably 11 or 12 years old at the time. And, um, you know, I never really played with my own age group too much. I would always play up a little bit, but, um, you know, I went out there and, um, kind of just saw how I ranked up against, you know, some of the other top players in the in the state and the country. And, uh, I mean, I think that's kind of around the time where you kind of realize, you know, if you, you know, can do things that, that some other people can't, um, you know, I think it just is one of those times where you can really kind of separate yourself from the crowd. And, um, you know, I think I was, I was able to do that to a certain extent. So how did you end up with the, the U.S. national team development program? What was sort of the process that went into that and, and how did it sort of all start? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess they pretty much start, you know, recruiting. Um, you know, I, I'd want to say three or four years before you even really get there. I mean, they have the, uh, the state and the national camps every year, um, that players from, you know, all around the country can, can qualify for. Um, you know, unfortunately I was actually never able to, to go to one of the national camps because I had a, a shoulder surgery that kind of got in the way of that. But, um, uh, I want to say, 
the summer before your junior year of high school, uh, you'll get invited to a uh, 40-man camp. Um, so the top 40 players in the country will uh, go into to Plymouth, Michigan, and you know try out to to be on the team. So um, I mean that's pretty much where the final decision is made. How big of an honor is that for you? Like, okay, I, I've made it to this 40-team camp. Like that has to be really big for your morale, I would think. Yeah, no, I mean, just, you know, being able to be invited, I mean, it, at the end of the day, I mean, if you make the team or not, I mean, it's still a huge honor to be, you know, considered one of the top 40 kids in the, the entire country. Um, I mean, obviously, being able to represent your country in, in any fashion is, you know, it's something that, you know, you really can't even put put in words. Uh, I mean, it's it's such a, you know, extreme honor, and, uh, you know, to be able to be selected for the development program was, you know, one of the coolest things that, you know, I'll ever experience as, as a player and as a human. So that team, obviously, that you were on had a lot of great players. People saw it at the draft last year, um, obviously you being one of them. Um, what, you know, what did you learn from playing with them? Who had the biggest influences on you? I mean, how did it all sort of work with you guys? Um, you know, I think the reason that, you know, we were so successful and that guys, you know, grew the way that they did over the two years was just because, you know, everybody wanted to win. You know, whether it was, you know, just a Wednesday night game in the USHL or a, a gold medal game over in Russia um, and all the way down to mini ice games in practice. I mean, every single time you went on the ice, I mean, you were in a battle and uh, I mean, we were pushing each other day in and day out in the weight room and on the ice in the classroom. And uh, I mean, everything was, you know, just, just hard fought. And, um, you know, I think it really kind of showed with, you know, the draft that, that came up and, and how well we did there. Um, you know, I think it was an extremely special two years. And, uh, I mean, I, I have, you know, unbelievable relationships with each and every one of those guys. I mean, we were a, a really tight knit group. And, um, you know, I mean, I know for a fact that, you know, we, we all really cherish our, our two years there together. How competitive is it? I mean, cause you guys obviously want to win. Uh, you know, you're all working towards the common goal, but you're also, I mean, you know, you're, you're trying to better your position to get drafted. How do you balance that? Where it's like, okay, these guys, you know, I want to, I want to get picked, you know, with or before, uh, but I also want to win with these guys. How do you balance that? Um, to be honest with you, I don't really think it ever came down to, you know, uh, a thing of the draft. I think, Again, I think that's, you know, why we had the success that we did. I mean, we were never, you know, worried about who was going to go where in the draft and, and what pick you were going to go. Um, you know, I think we all just kind of looked at it, at it as, you know, if we stay in the moment and, you know, we do what we need to do right now to win and, and get better, then, you know, everything will kind of work itself out in the end. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously it did. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I really don't think there was anything that ever, you know, got in the way of, our current goals at the time. And, um, you know, I think that was also, you know, what kind of contributed us being so close. I mean, there was always competition inside the locker room, just trying to push each other to be better, but it was never, you know, uh, a thing of the draft and, and your, your status per se. So, you know, I don't really think that ever got in the way, which was amazing. Yeah, that's very good. I mean, that is, I feel like that is the most ideal situation where you guys are just trying to win. So let's talk about a little bit about the draft. You go to the Bruins, uh, for being a first round pick, getting drafted. I mean, what was that like for you? Uh, it was surreal. You know, I think growing up as a kid, you know, being a, an NHL hockey player is, you know, your, your biggest dream in life. And, um, you know, I think at times it's kind of those things where you, you grow up and you realize, like, you know, it's it's a pretty far-fetched goal. And, um, you know, to be able to sit there with, with my family and, and some of my close friends and, 
you know, be able to hear my name called on that first night was, you know, something of a dream. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. You know, the whole experience, uh, I mean, the city of Vancouver put on a great venue and, uh, I mean, to go to an organization such as the Bruins, I mean, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. So it was, it was unbelievable. I always wonder with first round picks, cause you guys are there, you're with your families, you're with your friends. Um, as the team, as, as teams go by and, you know, the team, you know, a team gets on the clock. Are you thinking in your head, like, hmm, I could see them maybe picking me or, oh, I definitely couldn't see them picking me. And is it, is it nerve wracking? I mean, what is that whole kind of, you know, waiting game sort of like to see where you get picked? Um, you know, I, I think there's definitely a lot of nerves that are involved. Um, you know, I think most guys have a pretty good idea of, you know, where they're going to go and, you know, which teams are interested. I mean, obviously there's a, there's a ton of communication between you and, and the teams and, you know, your, your agents or advisors or whatever you want to call them and, you know, between the, the teams themselves. And, um, you know, I had a pretty good idea that, that Boston was interested and, you know, may, t- may take me there. And, um, you know, when the pick was coming up, I mean, it was, it was crazy. You know, I mean, you're, you're shaking in your seat. And then, um, I mean, to be completely honest with you, from the time they called my name to the time I was off stage and it was a blur, I, I don't remember much of it. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was crazy. I just remember shaking on stage. So it was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I feel like that's one of those moments where you're just, you're not, you're just kind of in shock, even though, you know, like, as you said, like you fig you had a good idea they might pick you, but still it's, I mean, it just has to be crazy. I remember, I think I talked to you about this last year and you, you said the same thing. Like it just, you don't remember any of the walk up to the stage, but I feel like that's a lot of people. Um, and how was it backstage or, or after with sort of your teammates, they got picked as well. You know, how was that like kind of experiencing it with them? Um, it was awesome. You know, I mean, obviously you're kind of getting rushed through a little bit just because, I mean, you got a bunch of interviews and you, know, you got some pictures and stuff you got to do, but, um, I mean, whenever I would, you know, walk by one of the guys and, and see them, I mean, we'd be, you know, give each other a big hug and, and, you know, say congrats and everything like that. And then, um, you know, once I was able to kind of get out of all the, the media and everything like that and, and get up to the box where, you know, the, the Bruins were and my family were at the time, I mean, it was, it was awesome to see them again and just, you know, give them all another big hug and, um, just kind of embrace it and, you know, just be in the moment with them. Yeah. How many pucks did you have to sign? Cause in that, like, process after you have to sign a bunch of things correct uh yeah i mean they have a little bit for you to sign it's it's nothing too crazy i mean like i said they're trying to kind of get you through and you know kind of get you on your way but um i mean it's definitely a little bit of a process i mean it was probably hour and a half or maybe even a two-hour wait for you know my family to come and see me but um i mean like i said it's it's such a, a blur that, you know, I mean, for me, it felt like it was 20 minutes. So it went by pretty quick in my mind. Yeah. It, 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 it's all worth it. I feel like it definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so how do you handle sort of the pressure that comes with being a first round pick? How did, how, how have you sort of handled that? Um, for me, you know, I think it's just taking it day by day. Um, you know, I don't really think there's, um, you know, any reason to, to look down the road and, you know, kind of think about, you know, kind of the expectations or, or anything like that that people have. You know, I mean, I have my own expectations for myself. And, you know, I've, I know that the, the Bruins organization has their expectations. And, you know, I mean, that's what I'm trying to meet. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's just me kind of going out and doing what I need to do on a daily basis to, to get better and, you know, get myself closer to the, to the stage of being a professional hockey player. So, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that there isn't, you know, expectations that come along with being the first round pick but uh 
you know, I think it's just kind of, you know, blocking that out for a little bit and just kind of doing what you need to do to better yourself. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so true. And, and for you, you know, you know, if you look in the future a little bit and what would, you know, what comes to your mind, how do you feel about someday, you know, or, or how would it feel to someday be a, you know, a legitimate, you know, top line center for the Bruins? I mean, how would that sort of make you feel? Yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, it wouldn't matter where I was in the lineup. Uh, you know, for me, if, you know, I was able to, to sign a professional contract and, you know, be a part of the Bruins, uh, I mean, whether I was first line or fourth line, you know, as long as I could go out and, and help my team win and, you know, be a part of that success and be a part of the city and, you know, have that fan base cheering for you every night. I mean, it would be, you know, it, like I said earlier, it'd be something out of a dream. You know, I mean, it's something that, yeah, you wish you can, can only happen as a kid. And, um, I mean, for that to play out, hopefully in the future, I mean, it would be, you know, surreal. How often are you in contact with the Bruins during sort of your own hockey season in Michigan? Um, you know, I talk to them every couple of weeks, um, you know, just checking in and then just kind of making sure that everything's going well with me. Um, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll come out to a game here and there and, um, I'll talk to them a little bit afterwards. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, you know, it's, it's not too crazy. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're extremely busy and, you know, I'm, I'm busy as well with school and, and hockey. So, um, I mean, we keep in touch probably, I'd, I'd say around every couple of weeks and just, you know, kind of, kind of catch up. In your limited time in Boston, have you met or talked to any of the players uh, that are on the team currently? Um, I haven't, actually. Uh, I mean, when I was there for uh, development camp last year, I mean, obviously their season had just ended, you know, a couple weeks before. And, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of the guys were kind of away on either a vacation or, or back home somewhere. So uh, there weren't really too many of the guys that were hanging around the rink. But, um, you know, hopefully I'll be able to kind of get out to the city in the next next couple months to a year and, you know, be able to, to meet a couple more of the guys and, you know, just kind of get acclimated to the whole thing a little bit more. Yeah, that was right after the Cup. So that was, that was I think, development came happen like a week after. I mean, it was so quick that it all kind of came together. They were all, I think, gone. Um, for you, I mean, just lastly, you know, is there any, any, you know, you obviously probably have NHL idols and, you know, guys you look up to. Who, you know, who are some of the people that someday – looking across the ice, seeing, you know, yourself playing against them, that, that, you know, that would be a dream. Like, who are some of the players that you, like, would love to play against in some form or fashion? Um, you know, I think it would be unbelievable to be able to say that, you know, you played against a guy, you know, like Sidney Crosby. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's going to go down as, you know, one of the greatest to ever play the game. And, uh, I mean, to see the, the success that he's had and, you know, everything that he's done for the game. Um, you know, I, I think it would just be pretty, pretty remarkable to be able to say that, you know, you just, you, you, you went against them in a game and, you know, I mean, the same thing goes for guys like, like Alex Ovechkin and, you know, just kind of guys like that, that'll be in the, in the record books and in the history books forever. So, um, I mean, obviously it would just be, you know, unbelievable to just play in an NHL game and, you know, face off against any of those guys. I mean, they're all, you know, remarkable players and I mean, they're there for a reason, so. Yeah. I mean, those are the guys I feel like we grew up watching. Um, yeah. Crosby, Ovechkin, even like Stamkos, <laughs> those guys. Um, but Johnny, again, thank you so much for doing this. I hope you and your family uh, stay healthy and safe. Uh, keep playing golf. Hope, glad that the courses are now open. Um, but uh, again, thank you so much. And for Sealing Us Media, I'm Evan Marinowski. You Bruins be listeners. Have a great rest of your week. 